Okay, so we've got a few text messages to talk about. Before we do, just a quick reminder to save that number in your phone, 0491-064-669. Join our quiz community here on mm-hmm. The Breakfast Show. Jump in with everybody else and have a go. See if you can answer these questions. All right, so we have some text messages coming through here. Christopher says the other night we watched the Sea Piracy documentary. According to their research, about half of the ocean's plastic is from fishing ropes and nets. That's interesting. Mm. I wouldn't have thought that, but there you go. There's obviously a lot of fishing that goes on in our oceans. Uh, Then another text message here uh, in relationship to our interview on creation evolution is Surtsey, a volcanic island approximately 32 kilometres from the south coast of Ireland, is a new island formed by volcanic eruptions that took place from 1963 to 1967. It defies evolution. And that is absolutely right and very fascinating because you had this island that just sort of popped up one day. You know, there was some fishermen fishermen out there and they're like, well, look at that, the sea is boiling. I wonder what's happening here. And the next day there was an island there um, and a whole lot of smoke. And so that continued from 63 to 67. And within a very short space of time, it had a coastline that was millions of years old. Fascinating. Um, oh, that's so funny. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that, though. Imagine oh, you're, yes. like, out on the sea and then it's just like... Brrr. Like, that would be freaky as, but then you see an island pop up. That's that's awesome. It is. Okay, so what else have we got here? Ah, another one here. For those... For those who... And this one's about uh, your story, I think, Lawson. For those who know what the future holds, I find it funny, interesting that after industry caused 90% of the pollution in the world, uh, including plastic products, now that the end times are here, they decided to clean it up. <laughs> it's like saying he's playing a joke on all of us. He used the greed of human nature to pollute the world, and now he's going to fix it. Um, it's a it's an interesting contrast right there. Yeah, wow. Then we've got a message here from Brett who says, "I love hearing about the religious persecution every morning on Faith FM. While it burns me up inside, it reminds me." Yeah, I was going to say when he when I started reading this, I love hearing about hearing about the religious persecution. I'm like, that's pretty tough. Yeah, <laughs> but he says, "While it burns me up inside, it reminds mm. me of Christ's soon return. Perhaps wow. burning up on the inside now is the purification process to be ready for the kingdom." Ooh, good comment. What else we got? What else we got? Another one here. Discrimination. Amazing how governments can play with the word to make it fit whatever hole they want it to fit in. But when it comes to Christianity, that's another story. I'm sure the devil is killing himself laughing. Mm. And it's so true because the, the reality is that any effort to get rid of discrimination discriminates. Mm-hmm. You know that, that is that's a, ske- a sketchy statement. Lyle. It's a sketchy statement, I know, but it's the result of living in a world of sin. Mm. When you're living in a world of sin, where sin, you know, pretty much reigns supreme, mm. uh, where it, you know, the more we try as human beings to get rid of discrimination, the more discrimination we create. You try and get rid, rid of discrimination, you know, against one sector of communi- commu- of the community, it discriminates against another. Mm. And well, everybody's like, "Oh, I'm against all forms of discrimination." No, you're not. You are totally for discriminating against all kinds of people. Yeah. You know? But that, that depends on, like, who those people are. Like, now, we yeah. might agree with that discrimination. Yeah. You know, because if you are, um, if you form a club that is the anti Nazi party, 
we would agree with that. Yeah. I don't like Nazism, mm, but you're point, still discriminating. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and, and you know. I just hate throwing around the word because of the, like, the political connotation that yes. comes behind it, that if you're discriminating, it's because of unjust reasons. Yes. Um, whereas, yeah, the, the point is, is that it's it, unjust discrimination that we need to be against, not discrimination. That's right. Yes. Thank you. You said it. Uh, unjust discrimination. <laughs> just, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just like thinking. I'm like, <laughs> You're thinking of all of the people who are listening to listening Faith right FM now, right now and like, thinking, Lyle is, is discrimination. Cancel Lyle Southwell. Can- and then I'll get cancelled. I don't want to be cancelled because of you. Yuck. <laughs> 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 yes, Lawson's going to end up totally cancelled right across the world because of me. Because of you. No, but yeah, it's fair enough. It's that, yeah. Unjust discrimination is something that is wrong. It's antithetical to the gospel, you know, into what we believe, into God's kingdom of love. But uh, because discrimination is defined by our morality, essentially. Uh Uh-huh. That, that like, you know, for example, we discriminate against pedophiles. How do we do that? We lock them up. Why do we do that? Because Because what they're they're doing is wrong. They're they're a danger. What they're doing is wrong. Yes. So it's like, but that's the thing is that when we talk about discrimination in the space of the universities and, and what's going on here, it's we're seeing unjust discrimination in in a place where people claim to be against unjust discrimination, which is Indeed. Y- yikes. Bit of a yikes. Anyways. All right. Let's see here. Uh, let's go to our Bible study. Oi, mad. How quick are we today compared to yesterday? And a bunch of really good text messages there. We love hearing from you guys. Please do continue to send your text messages through uh, because we, yeah, we, we just love to hear what you guys have to say and what your thoughts are. Uh, we're going to be studying Genesis chapter 2, verse uh, 1 to 3 this morning. And I think producer Shell has something she wants to say to us. Message coming through here right now. Let's see what this one's all about. Lawson, what are we, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Well, I actually just had Frieza Shell in my ear asking me if I could reread um, question number four. Okay. Because apparently there are some people struggling with the wording. Maybe I said it wrong, guys. Okay, I I apologize. What was the requirement for male slaves and foreigners? Um, I think it's to be able to eat the Passover meal. Like, that's that's the gist of the question. Yes, if you were a slave or if you were a foreigner, what was the requirement... Mm-hmm. What requirement was laid upon you if you wanted to participate in Passover by eating the meal? Again, 0491064669 is the number to call, and you can win some amazing prizes or get your points on the board. Yeah. I mean, you could eat anything else on that particular day, uh, but you couldn't eat the actual Passover lamb. That's right. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unless you fulfilled this particular requirement. So, yeah, I think there was some confusion coming through. I got a text message came through here, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So, wait, what did you ask me before I had producer Shell talking about you? You're talking about Genesis and then... Genesis chapter one, uh, chapter 2. Let's go to Genesis oh, chapter yeah, 2. And we're sweet. going to do a bit of a review. As we begin, we're going to just talk very quickly about what we were talking about yesterday. Because yesterday we talked about the creation of the world. Now, let's yes. think about this for a moment because... You've got God comes along, he creates our world, he creates the sun, moon and stars, uh, he creates dry land, he creates vegetation, he creates animals, and it's just like bang, 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 and he's speaking them into existence. Mm. See, I believe in the Big Bang. The Bible teaches the Big Bang. Yeah. God said, and bang, there it was. Um, Could have been silent. Could have just been like, boop. <laughs> 
probably was. If a tree falls in the water, no one is. It probably was. No, it was probably like a uh, a very modern sci-fi. Whoop. Yeah. Whoop. <laughs> Just like, phew. Anyway, um, so God speaks all these things into existence, and these are major accomplishments. He is making massive things yeah. in a short space of time by speaking them, just breathing them out. Mm. So this is, you know, big stuff happening here. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Then when you come to the sixth day of creation, you've got, you find God slows his roll a little bit. Mm. And he does a number of, he does four things that are very different that he has not done to this point. First of all, mm. he states he's going to create a being in his own image. Mm. Secondly, he does not speak this person into existence like every other creation. He gets down in the dirt. He gets his hands dirty. He forms man out of mud, out of the clay, out of the dirt. Uh, He forms man himself personally, then brings him to life and has a conversation with him. Mm. begins a relationship right then and there. Then later on in that day, he takes a, he performs the first surgical operation ever, takes a rib out of the man's side, and from that rib he creates a woman. Now it's not until you know, recent times in our understanding of DNA that we could even begin to think about how such a thing could be possible. Mm. Uh, now we have, well, you know, well, you've got to have is a bit of DNA and do a little bit of uh, changing to it and away you go, create a new being. I don't yeah. know how God did that, but, you know, it sort of gives us maybe a slight window into what God is capable of doing mm. and how God is capable of working with who we are as, you know, we clone cells and all that kind of stuff these days. Um, nothing even close to what God did That's and right. never will be and we've never created life nor will we ever create life. But this is what God does. And so what you're going to find here is that this is a very, very different, very different kind of creation that takes place on the sixth day. And it's a creation that is all about God wanting to have a relationship with us and he puts us, humanity, into a perfect world. There's no sin, there's no corruption, there's none of that stuff. Mm. All right, let's go to where were we? We were in Genesis. Let's let's read let's read what God does next because here's the thing. After God has done all these things, you would think that God would be finished mm. at man. Yeah, that's right. You think, okay, that's it, we're done, we're over. You're not gonna go any further than that. You've created a being in your own image. Stop mm. there. God does not stop there. Mm. God has one more thing that one more thing to create. And if you look at creation, creation escalates. That's right. Okay, so it begins with light and darkness. Mm. That's pretty simple. Uh, then you've got things like dry land and sun, moon, and stars. Mm. You know, really inanimate stuff. Much less interesting. Lifeless. So it begins with the lifeless. Then it moves on to life, vegetation. Then you've got birds and fish and animals that appear. <coughs> Excuse me. And so you can see how it's moving on from no life to simple life to complex life mm. to then sentient relational life. Mm. 
So you've got this escalation that is taking place here as God is creating things that are more and more and more and more and more and more important. And then you have, next level up, is life in the image of God. Mm. Can you go further than that? Well, apparently you can because... We have one more day of creation. Let's read about it. If I can just, before we get into it, something something that I see here going on um, is that there's like each day, there's like as he's creating, it's there's a division or a barrier um, being put up, you know, because the world is without formless and void. And then there's a barrier between night and day. You know, there's a barrier between land and sea. There's a barrier between, you know, sun, moon, stars. There's a barrier between the birds of the sky and uh, the fish of the sea. There's a barrier between vegetation and and um, and whatnot. And it's like then there's even like, you know, this, this barrier that's created of a hierarchy of animals um, in the sense, in the sense, in the hierarchy of creation, sorry, of life, life creation being that you've got this separation of, of a rulership of the rest of creation, which is creating a yes. man in his own image. And it's like, oh, what's the next separation to come? What's the next barrier or the next kind of line that's drawn, the next fold in the paper that kind of defines what life looks like? Um, and we're going to find out as we read. It's all to do with, yeah, morality and life itself and how we live. So, All right. It's just just a thought I had. It's I a really was, good thought. No, I like that. that. I it's a cool. great idea. All right. So where, where are we reading from? First three verses. First three verses of Genesis chapter 2. It says, so the creation of heavens and earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God finished the work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day he rested from all his creation. Okay, so notice the Bible says that God finished his work on the seventh day. Mm. And you could say, well, he didn't do any work on the seventh day. Mm. He rested. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly what God did. Mm -hmm. Resting is actually a thing that you do. That's right. Resting is a doing thing, um, and which is yeah, it's 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 this is what God does. And of course, you know, when you look at the escalation in creation, you know, you get to the sixth day, you get to the end of the sixth day, you, know, you work your way up through all of the days, and it's all good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. The anim- inanimate stuff is good. The animate stuff is good. You get to you know, human beings in the image of God. That's very good. Mm. Can you go one step further? And God's like, yeah, I can actually. Mm. Let me give you something that is absolutely amazing. And so on the seventh day, he's like, okay, we're going to end right here by creating this. This is the Sabbath day. This is the day of rest. Mm. And have we ever lived in a society where rest is more needed than right now? Oh, no. Well, I'm sure lots of people needed rest all throughout time, but I I can very definitely say that I am, you know, I'm a person in need of rest. And when you think about it, even people who are in lockdown mm. need rest. That's right. And I'll tell you what they need rest from. You need a rest from worrying about lockdown. You need a rest in which you switch your TV off for an entire day. Mm. You need from a rest fear. from which you switch your computer off when you – a rest from fear, a rest from all of the stress, a rest from worrying about when you, where your next meal is coming from. You need a rest where you can focus your attention on spending time with God. Mm. That's what you need a rest from. And every single one of us needs rest. And one of the things I found very interesting is that for a lot of people, lockdown has just created more work. 
Yeah, people well, are working actually harder now than what they were before because, well, they're dealing with different challenges that they weren't dealing with before. Yeah. And so rest has become more important than ever before. I know that, like, as a, as a university student, a lot of people are facing this conundrum of, you know, because you don't have class every day, because you don't have study periods every day. Even as, as a university student, you know, you moved out of home for the first time. You've left home. You moved into a uni don't dorm. Don't parents hassling you and keeping you in line. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's like you all of a sudden are falling into a situation where, because there's still a level of institutionalization when you go to a university. They have classes on at certain times. They have a a library that's open at certain times where you can go and you can build a structure around certain events. Whereas when all of that's cancelled and done away with and you're just inside all of the time, you know, the level of stress and struggle in university has never been higher, even though it seems like everyone's on island time, right? And it's like, oh, we can just do what we want. Like, it's I can just study what I want. I can do this now. I can do the, 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 but people are struggling so much because of it, because of the lack of structure. Bla- days just bleed into another days, but it's like, we've just given, you know, God has given us um, through the Sabbath, like that marker of, of, of a structure of rest, essentially um, of being able to then empower us and enable us to go into the next week and, and face it and build something out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this is the great thing about the Sabbath. And, you know, if I, if I look back even just a couple of weeks ago to when we were doing the N.Digital. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, starting radio here at stupid o'clock in the morning, finishing the N.Digital at stupid o'clock at night, mm. working 16 hours a day writing scripts in between times. <laughs> Classic. You know, and, and, the, and the Sabbath would come and it's just like, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to see anyone. I just, I just need to rest. Yeah. And it's that guilt-free rest mm. because people who don't have the Sabbath, whenever they take a day off, there's always that nagging guilt of, oh, I should be doing something. Mm. Whereas when you understand the blessing of the Sabbath day and what God has actually given to us as a time to, I'm just going to take a day to spend just with me and God. Mm. And rejuvenate. And God need, knows that human beings actually need this. Yes. Human beings actually function so much better when they take a Sabbath. And, and you know, modern science is pointing it out, which is why there are so many countries around the world right now that are looking at Sunday laws mm. and instituting Sunday laws for the environment, but also for human beings because they'll become more productive. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, good times, good times. All right, where are we up to? Um, let's get to our ooh, text message right here. Discrimination should be based on the righteousness of the Word of God. Everything else is false discrimination, and God discriminates against sin, mm. which is absolutely correct. I would agree. All right, we are in Exodus, uh, sorry, Genesis chapter 2, uh, where God has created the Sabbath. What we're going to do now is we're going to go over the book of Exodus because in the book of Exodus we've got the Sabbath coming back again after it was lost for a period of time. So let's go over to Exodus chapter 5, and I think we're going to read here verse 3. So Exodus chapter 5, let me just find this passage here. Looking pages. No. Exodus 5? And verse 5. Exodus 5 and verse 5, the Bible says it. So So just to give a little bit of background, as Lawson is finding the passage, this is a time period in which Moses has returned to Egypt. Mm -hmm. So he's been in Midian for 40 years. 
Um, he's married an Ethiopian girl there uh, who is the daughter of the priest of Midian, and he has now gone back to uh, to Pharaoh, and he is now with uh, uh, the, the Israelites in Egypt, but they are still captives and they are still slaves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to verse 5 and let's read what it says there in verse 5. The Bible says, Look, there are many people in the land and you are stopping them from their work. Right. Now, that's interesting uh, because if you read it in the inter- yours simply says you are stopping them from their work. I said, well, what, why would Moses stop the slaves from working? What kind of thing would he be doing that, you know, might stop them from working? Um, yeah, instituting the Sabbath. And in the original language, that's the word that is actually used in this mm. passage right here. Mm. Pharaoh's like, you're causing them to keep a Sabbath. Mm. Why are you doing that? And one of the reasons is because the Israelites had wandered a very, very long way away from God and gone into Egyptian idolatry during the time of their enslavement. And they'd pretty much what forgotten what the worship of God was all about. Mm. And so, you know, the Sabbath along with the other commandments had sort of disappeared by the wayside. And so when Moses gets back, the first thing that he does, I'll read it here from the KJV where it says, And Moses said, Behold, the people of the land are now are many, and you make them rest from their burdens. And the word rest there is the word Sabbath. Mm. You make them Sabbath from their burdens. And the first thing that Moses has done when he's trying to bring a reformation to the Israelites and to bring them to back to God is like, okay, guys, time to get back to keeping the Sabbath. And Pharaoh's like, what? Slaves don't get a day off. Mm. Slaves are slaves. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, well. What are you talking about? And uh, Moses is like, well, you know, you can sort of let them rest from their labors or you can have plagues, one of the two. Which would you prefer? <laughs> and it seems that Pharaoh does definitely prefer slaves right here. Um, now, Chris has texted through with something which is an interesting interesting observation right here. It says, it's offensive to Muslims to, just, to suggest that the all-powerful God needed to rest. Mm. So here's the question. Did God rest because God needed to rest or did God rest because God wanted to rest? I wrote uh, an essay on this. Oh, okay. So you are the resident expert on the answer to this question. Yeah. And like the... Ultimate answer is, well, I, I wrote an essay about the Sabbath, but that was one of the big points and questions in my, like, because it's, why was the Sabbath instituted? Like, yes. that was ultimately the question. Yes. Was and, God exhausted? Yeah. And dealing it, with it from that perspective. And the answer is no. Like, God physically in a, cannot be exhausted because he is not a time and space bound being. Like, even in the creation, even when he comes into planes of time and space, he is still outside of time and space. Like, even when he interacts with it, he's still outside of it. He doesn't need to rest. So, that leads us to the ultimate conclusion. The reason the Sabbath was created is is not for God's rest, but for our rest. And God kept it as an example for us, you know. Uh, as he rested from his work, it was because he was communicating to us at that very point that... You know, he has a deep interest in our well-being. As we talked about, like, yesterday, one of the first things he does with humanity is he starts to communicate with them. 
And I believe that, again, as a part of that communication, you know, he would go on to say a lot of things to humanity in, during this garden period and sp- spend, a, uh, from what we see, we, we just get glimpses of it, but we can assume that there's a lot of time spent there, a lot of familiarization going on, a relationship building. Um, but by instituting the Sabbath, like, which just 100% shows that God just really cared about humanity. Yes. He knew what they needed. He knew how they were created. He knew what they needed. And so he kept it with them. Yes. It, it's, it's that, that's like one of the most beautiful parts of the Sabbath, that like it, it's a revealer that God is someone who truly thinks outside of himself. That's right. Because, I don't know, God could work seven days. God could work a thousand. God could work literally for eternity. But he, he keeps the Sabbath with us. Um as a sign that he is our God, like he is truly with us. How amazing is that? Like he cares, he identifies with us. He's incredibly personal. Mm. And so, yeah, I won't disagree with our Islamic friends here. I will agree with them that the all-powerful God does not need to rest. 100%. Um, What I will really uh, make a major issue over is that God is incredibly interested in us at an individual level. Mm. that an all-powerful God is powerful enough to know exactly who you are and how many hair there are on top of your head. Yeah. And not only is he powerful enough to know that, he actually cares. Mm. He actually cares about you as an individual. Okay, so we're going to continue on. We're going to pick this story up and we're going to trace uh, the keeping of the Sabbath through the book of uh, Exodus, through to the giving of the commandment. And we're going to look at some really interesting language that the Sabbath commandment has, which is which makes it entirely unique from any of the other commandments. But right- You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Question of the day. Okay, so continuing on with our theme of verses that seem to indicate... Do we just got to send a whole list and people keep adding to the list? That's right, that's right. We will keep going. So uh, basically we've been sent a bunch of verses and we've dealt with a few now um, about uh, whether you can eat unclean meat or not according to the Bible. Um, Why would anyone want to do that? I mean, do you want to live a shorter life or something or other? Well, just... Let's just do the Bible, okay. right? right. Um, John, we know this. Yeah. We know this. Okay, John 21 and verse 9, and also a bonus in there, 1 Timothy 4, verse 4 and 5. Um, did these verses say that you can eat unclean meat? Okay, so here's what uh, John chapter 21 and verse 9 says. The Bible says, As soon as they were come to, come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. So this is a story about uh, Jesus after his resurrection. His disciples are like, ah, what do we do next? Uh, well, we need to do something. Let's go fishing. You know, that's what we used to do before we were disciples. And now Jesus, we don't know kind of what's going on. Yeah. And we haven't been given specific instructions yet. So while we're waiting, we'll just go fishing. So they went fishing. And when they wake, when they uh, they fish all night because that's how they used to fish back in the day. Their nets were not very um, effective during daytime, so they would fish at night. So they've been fishing all night, and they wake up and they see Jesus on land in the morning. He tells them to come ashore. They all go ashore there, and he's got breakfast for them. He's caught some fish, he's made some bread, and he's cooked it on the fire. Now, of course, the Bible tells us that, you know, because the question is about clean and unclean meats, the Bible tells us that fish, which has fins and scales, which the fish in Galilee do have, uh, is a clean meat. 
Mm. And so this was entirely appropriate that they would. This is not a passage that is telling you that you can eat unclean fish. This is not a you know, Jesus didn't say, the Bible doesn't say that they came ashore and there was, you know, a fire with cooked shellfish on it. Mm. There is a lot of shellfish in the Lake of Galilee. You can eat those shellfish if you are so inclined. It would not be a good idea. It's never a good idea to eat shellfish. The Bible says don't eat shellfish. Shellfish are filters. That's what they exist for is to filter all of the impurities out of the water and into themselves. Why would you eat that? But anyway, be that as may, is not talking about shellfish right here. It's talking about scalefish. And the Bible says if it's got fins and scales, throw it in the pot. And Jesus has done exactly that right here. And, of course, he tells them, okay, go and get some of the fish that you've caught as well. He doesn't have quite enough for them. He's like, yeah, you guys can contribute. It's not a bad, not such a bad idea. All right, so uh, that verse does not teach that we should eat unclean foods. The other one was, uh, what was it, First Timothy chapter 4? Yeah, verse 4 and 5. Verse 4 and 5. Okay, you need to have verse 3 because you need to have context. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible talks about... Uh, uh, doctrines of devils in the latter times in verse 1. What are they going to do? They're going to do two things right here. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. Now, the Bible doesn't stop there when it says from meats. It continues on from there and it clarifies what kind of meats they're going to command you not to eat. Command you to abstain from meats which God has created to be received. Now, if God has created some food to, you know, some meats to be received and some meats not to be received, well, if he's created some to be received, then clearly there are some that have been created not to be received. And you can't have one without the other kind of thing. Okay, so he has created some. So the the whole context, context of this passage is God is talking about meats that have been created to be received. Well, how do you find out which ones he has created to be received? You're going to go to Leviticus chapter 11. It's going to tell you exactly which ones God has created to be received. It says, uh, in that context, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if, okay, there's an if right there, if, is received with thanksgiving and sanctified by the word of God. Mm. So you've got to have two things there. It has to work. It has to be created by God to be received. You've got to give thanks for it, and it has to be sanctified by God for actual food that you eat. Obviously, there is food that is not sanctified by God, and therefore you would not eat those foods that are not sanctified by God. There's a simple answer to those two passages. Uh, If you've got more questions on this subject, I think we've got one more verse that we're going to be looking at tomorrow, but please send them through. There is certainly plenty we have to talk about on this one. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.